Hey, this is Omar from the Phoenix Within. You're listening to Beyond the Static. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to Beyond the Static. We have an excellent episode for you today. We have Omar Feliciano of The Phoenix Within. Today we get to talk about their latest single, Lacking. And we talk about the release, the video, and the story behind the song. And a couple of festivals they'll be playing, so keep an ear out for that. 
he was such a genuine and chill person to talk to. I think that you guys will really enjoy this one. Before you get too deep into this, please hit the link in the description or go to the website and sign up for my mailing list. We all know that social media isn't the best way to uh, get our message out. And I would love to be in direct contact with you guys and help you all out, send you all some bonus material or whatever else I can do for you. So with that being said, here is my interview with Omar Feliciano of The Phoenix Within. Thank you for joining me here on Beyond the Static. We have uh, Omar Feliciano of The Phoenix Within. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining me. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. I kind of just have conversations with people and see where they go. And, uh, you know, it's been working for me so far. So let's see how it works this time. Awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's start with some of the housekeeping questions. Why don't you tell me um, about the band, where you started, uh, where you've been, and how we got to where we are now? All right. Um, so this, I started this band in 2012. Uh, in the basement of, uh, in a basement apartment in Hillside, Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> um, at first, it was just a bunch of songs that I had, uh, and then I reached out to some friends, and we ended up recording an album at uh, in New Jersey. We were all scattered across like four different states. Um, so after writing that full length album, we released it. Uh, it was self titled called The Phoenix Within, uh, and then the band broke up. <laughs> the lineup that I had fell apart, you know, uh, they were getting married, they were going off to college. So I kept the name, I kept the moniker, and I bounced around. Uh, I continued with that name, uh, writing music, releasing music. Uh, I played like 15 different states. Uh, you guys are based out of Philly, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I worked with an indie label out there in Philly. Uh, two of them, actually. The first one was called Crybaby Records, and then the second one was called No Hope Records. So I worked with both of them. Uh, yeah. So I, I've worked with them. Uh, and then, you know, I, I kept releasing music. And then uh, fast forward to now, um, eventually in 2019, I met Nick Narlis. Um, and then he has uh, two other brothers, John Narlis and James Narlis. We combined together. And that's the new lineup that you see now. Um, so I still continue to make music. I still continue to write music. Only now it's getting even better <laughs> with new minds on on a, on a plateau, you know. Yeah, I, uh, I I noticed that. I was gonna ask about that. Um, what's it What's it like working with brothers like that? Like I assumed that it was a family band, and that like you know, like you had kind of joined, but it's the complete opposite way <laughs> around. That's really cool. It's so funny. I just I just saw a meme this week, and it was like, who was it? Was it was it? Was it Vin Diesel? I think it's Vin Diesel. He's just like tearing up, and like in the back it says, "When your boy's family finally uh, accepts you as one of their uh, family members," and you just uh. see like that one tear. He's like, "You're you're not a friend. You're part of the family." And you see Vin Diesel just drop that one tear, and I was like, "But um, no." So I I started this whole band a long time ago, um, and like I said, it started with a bunch of songs that I had. I'd been in bands in and out, in and out, in and out, uh, and unfortunately, it was like one of those things where you're in a band. You play some shows, you finally get to the studio, and then the band breaks up, and nothing happens after that. So I got a little fed up with that. <laughs> and I said, here's a project where I'm going to be solely responsible for. I, I planned, like, you know, it, it's kind of like that pessimist mentality when I was like, 
I'm going to start this project. This is the lineup I have now. If this lineup falls through, I'm keeping this moniker and I'm going to keep going. And I did just that. Uh, so fast forward, you know, uh, working with three brothers is not so bad. You know, they do like fight amongst each other, but I, they don't call it fighting. They just call it talking, you know, like, so if we're like in the middle of a practice session and one guy doesn't nail one part that they do all the ganging up on each other. So I don't have to do anything, but <laughs> I just, I just wait out the storm <laughs> and then we just keep at it. You know? Nice. But, um, it does make it easier for practice reasons, you know, and, and again, like getting on each other's cases, like, you know, they do it to themselves. So I just, it just makes it so much easier. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. I actually kind of uh, did the same thing. I've been through that whole process of bands breaking up and, and, you know, going in the studio, starting something and not finishing it. And I did the exact same thing. Like I finally, like I'm bass is my main instrument, learned how to play guitar. And I'm just like, yo, I'm picking this particular name and this thing. And if it doesn't work out, like I'm just going to continue on with it. But, um, you know, got my fingers it, crossed though. But, you know, honestly, dude, you can hold yourself accountable. You know what I mean? It's like, because it's your project, it's your songs, it's your material. It's up to you whether you want to keep going. Now you have no excuse to blame anybody else, you know, any any other reason. It's it's solely on you, you know. And it, it also depends, you know, uh, you know, every every musician is different, right? There's so many calibers. I always like to say that. Um, so it's really just the character of the person. It, it's up to you. Like if it's really important to you to write music, if it's really important to get it out of you, out of your brain, out of your heart, and into paper and out into sound waves. You'll do it. You'll make it happen. And nothing nothing will stand in your way, whether you have a lineup or not. Lineups will come. People will come. If, if the music is good, if they see that you're enjoying it, if they see that you're working towards something, they'll come. That's good. That's really good advice for, uh, for like, younger musicians that are that are coming up and, and working on, on the scene. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, your current, current projects. You got some... Got a single that just dropped uh, not too long ago. Um, let me see. Why am I blanking on the name? There's Remake, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then there's Lacking. So why don't you tell me about the two the two singles? Okay. So we released, uh, uh, in 2021, we released three singles. So the first one was in January. It was a song called Pessimist. Uh, the song's like five minutes long. <laughs> uh, but it tracked at number nine on the iTunes rock charts. Nice. Uh, so. A few months later after that, we released Remake. Uh, Remake is a song about just being able to get past yourself sometimes, you know, being able to see where, see where you're failing or see where you're falling short, repairing that and doing it again. That's what Remake is essentially about. The song Lacking is a little more personal for me. Um, Lacking is the a, is a, is a, is a story of the struggling artist the things that we lack, you know, financially, monetary wise, support wise, whether it's a, a label or touring agency or publicists, what things that we don't have, you know, uh, I, I feel like that song, uh, just hits me close to home. Like <laughs> for me, it's just something I had to get out, you know, and it, you know, it does sound a little, you know, tough, but it does have a, like, to me, like a, a happy, you know, it, it happily dissolves. In the sense that the chorus comes back and it hits you with the, you know, I know what I'm going through. I know this is basically my little hell, but I'm gonna get through this because I know what's at the, I know what's at the end. You know, the goal is the end of that. Um, 
So that song came out just uh, on Friday, August 13. Uh, it's on Spotify. We we uh, popped a little, nice little music video for it, uh, where we took the theme of dodgeball since it's uh, the underdog theme story. <laughs> uh, so we did put a lot of work into it, and um, we're, we're proud of it. You know, ah, I can't wait to see the uh, to see the video for that. That's that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> So let's explore the video shoot a little bit more. Like, like who came up with the idea and like, what was the whole process um, behind that? And like, you know, tell me who you work with and all, all the fun stuff. Like let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So we, we do, we do switch around. So the first single that got released this year, Pessimist, that one, the video was um, two people helped us with it. Um, the first one was uh, Brendan McKnight. He's a local uh, videographer producer from here in Brooklyn, New York. And with him worked our friend, uh, Cody Doyle. Uh, and then I did some editing myself as well. Uh, Pessimist was a little, it was like, you know, COVID time, you know? So it was like, we filmed the live performance here in Queens, New York. And then the storyline was done by Cody somewhere else in Ohio. <laughs> and then we put it all together, mashed it up. And then we had this story, which is, you know, it's, I, I, I consider this one a little artsy because it's, it's not like, it's just a person who's basically seeing this, this darkness in them evolve. And it's like, they're just not able to see the good in things. You're just I'm looking at the glass. It's half empty. You know, it's just that whole pessimist mentality and how one pessimist can kind of make another pessimist. It's that whole uh, <laughs> negative artsiness. <laughs> um, the next video that came after that was remake. That one was actually filmed by a really good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Danilo Cordova. His uh, sister is actually uh, a writer, uh, Zoraida Cordova. If you ever get a chance, check out her books. Um, so he's also in bands. Uh, he, I've known him for years and years. Um, so he helped us film it, produce it, direct it. He did all that. Uh, and his girlfriend also helped with videography. Uh, and that we just took like kind of like that black, black swan idea where the dancer is just constantly failing at something, but doesn't give up. Failing at it, you know, falls down, gets hurt, gets up, does it again, over and over and over and over again, until she nails it at the end. Um, and that was kind of the, you know, that concept that we were going for, you know, remaking yourself until you get the part right. Um, so that was a fun one to make. Uh, we filmed that one in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And then this last one, Lacking, we filmed in, also in New Jersey, uh, a different part. I don't even remember off the top of my head. <laughs> but um, so we filmed that one in Jersey. And that one was done by uh, Michael Monto, who just likes to be called Monto. And his videography company is called Bushwick Studios. Uh, so that one, the whole underdog theme thing, I, I wrote the song, but I didn't, you know, in hindsight, like thinking back, I don't, I don't really remember why I had written the song. And then as I was getting the artwork done for the single, uh, I gave that workload to a friend of mine called uh, Bianca Angelero, A-N-G-L-E-R-O. Um, and she did the artwork for it. And so she asked me for a copy of the lyrics. I give her the lyrics. I send her the song. And then she gets back to me. She's like, oh, it's an underdog song. Um, and so she made this, this artwork and the artwork is like a, she made it herself out of like aluminum or something. I don't even know. She's so artsy. And it's a trophy of a dog, like an underdog, like, you know, taking the trophy, you know? And I was just like, 
wow, I really like that. I didn't realize that was what I I written about, you know. And then, so when I sat down with Mike with Montel, and he's like, so what do you think you know the song's about? And I was like, it's an underdog story, underdog story. <laughs> it was the only thing I, came, I was like, but I didn't come up with the angel with it, you know. And then, um, so we ran with that. And then, you know, once we said it's the story of an underdog, Montel right away is like, yo, that's just like dodgeball. Remember the movie Dodgeball? It's like, it's like the underdog tale. And I was like, sweet. So we ran with that. We went from there to having somebody custom make our uniforms in the likeness of the Dodgeball um, movie. So we got those yellow and red shirts and we just had a blast filming that. You know, we got a bunch of friends to come through. Uh, my friend Ezekiel from a band called All In Due Time. Um, they're from out here in Queens, New York. They're a punk band. Uh, he came through and just a bunch of friends gathered and the outcome was just a lot of fun. A lot of drinking, a lot of eating, a lot of filming, a lot of sweating, a lot of balls. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see that. I'm so so sad that I haven't that I missed the release of that. Um it's so funny though how you know that's one of the great things about about music and writing relatable music is that you never know how someone else is going to interpret it, but as long as it's something that's that's helpful to them and that they see that like that they can get out of it to like improve their lives. That's all that really matters. Um, it's true. We, we can't just get stuck there. We can't get stuck. We have to see the, that light, you know, where, where's it go? Where's it taking you? What's the point? <laughs> how do you see, um, how do I say it? How do you see and like feel that people relate to your music and like what makes you, connect to people and what do people see in you that that draws them to your your work i really don't know man that's a hard question <laughs> i really just don't know until people tell me i really don't know like it, it's one of those things where like i i might release a song today you know i released one on friday august the 13th right that song called lacking i might not hear from somebody to like a year maybe two years later and they'll tell me Hey, you know that song you released, <laughs> Lacking? I really like that song. It's like, you know, maybe I'm up to like album number six. I don't even know. Like, and they're, for whatever reason, you know, I, I guess I just, there comes a point, I think, where like, I guess I'm not even looking for whether somebody had a connection to the song. If, if you did, I'm, I'm ecstatic for it. I'm happy. But at the end of the day, I write for me. You know, it's a fucked up thing to say, but I do it for me. I don't really do it for anybody else you know uh i might you know i i might we might all be in a situation where you know it triggers me into writing but at the end of the day i'm doing it for me i'm processing what i took in and it's just what comes out you know what i mean um do i run prom promotional campaigns and everything for the song to go well and all that of course i fucking do because at the end of the day music is a business but do i get bent up and focus on the approval of something? No, I, I really don't. Um, and I really just don't know. Um, because, you know, you have your analytics, right? You, you have your Spotify analytics, you have your YouTube analytics, your, you know, your reports from Facebook and all that shit. And, you you know, that'll tell you whether a song is doing good or not. But on a personal note, I really don't know until a person comes up to me and tells me, hey, man, maybe I played a live show and then they're like, you didn't play that fucking song I like. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the song you like? 
And then they'll tell me, and I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, I promise next time, you know, I'll add into the set list. I didn't know. Like, you know, if I knew you were coming, uh, I would have played that song, you know? <laughs> Dude, you know what? I've been that guy. I've been like, why didn't you play this song? Like, I actually said <laughs> some friends of mine, um, I had the opportunity to hear their demos before they released their their album. And I was listening to the album and I just called up my friend. I was like, yo, why did you leave your single, like your hit single off of this album? Like you left the best song off of the album. <laughs> but like to them, it was like something, it was like, um, it didn't mean Sometimes the same. Sometimes think about it. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't, right. We don't know. Like, it's like, it's different if people are giving me input. And, I, and that's why I kind of like to give input too. You know, even if it's not asked for, I'll be like, dude, that song was dope. I really like this. I really like that. This song really connected with me. I make sure, at least for me, like that I tell the artist that, you know, like whether, you know, whether it's at a, at a show, maybe it's a band I never even met, you know, I actually went to a show this Saturday. I'm sorry, this, this Sunday. And it was like, um, it was like a surf rock thing, you know, <laughs> but the basis in that band was a fucking beast, dude. Like, actually, I think he was from Philly. Um, but he was a beast, dude. Like every sound that came from that quadrant of the stage was just so big. You know, after the show, I went up to the guy and I was like, dude, you were phenomenal. You know, everything that came out of there was great. You know, I shook his hand and I, I had to give him his props, you know? And the guy was like, I, I thought I sucked. <laughs> like he thought he did awful. And I was like, dude, you were actually like one of the best performers I've seen in a while, you know? And it was just so funny. But that's, I think that's how it, artists are right like we're into we're in this little bubble sometimes you know and right. it takes people from the outside to tell you hey uh stop right there that shit was dope all right goodbye you know like, that little interaction that little interaction is it's detrimental <laughs> um i don't know if you're familiar with the band lydia but when they first started like popping back in there, like the early 2000, maybe like 2009, 2010, a little bit before that, maybe. Um, they had this song that has like one of the craziest bass lines, right? And um, I went up to their bass, I was like, dude, you have like, you're like the best bass player I've ever heard. Like that bass line is just stupid. <laughs> just on that alone. And he was like, dude, I have you fooled. He was like, I have you fooled. I was like, well, but you know what? At that, when he said that, too, it also put this thing in my mind of like, yo, fake it till you make it. Like I can play, <laughs> I can play something that just sounds cool and have somebody thinking that I'm like, I know what I'm, what the fuck I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know it sounds cool. And that's all <laughs> that matters. And like, once that switch flipped in my head, like all bets were off when it came to like making music and making anything, making any kind of art. It's just like, I don't have to be, you know, even this podcast, I don't have to be Joe Rogan to have good conversations. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. that's, that's a very, that's a very um, liberating frame of mind, I think. Yeah, it's true. There's so many levels. There's so many levels, you know, and I think in the entertainment industry too, you know, in, in the music industry, it's, you know, a, a lot of it is um, hype. A lot of it is who you know. You know, there, there's just so many factors. You know, like a performance could be anything. You know, you can have guest performers, you can have lights and fog machine and dancers and, you know, throw out money into the public, real money, none of that paper shit. 
you know, <laughs> mm. you know, it's there's so many things. There's so many levels that just make a performer a performer or an entertainer an entertainer. You know, like there's so much. There's so much. Absolutely, like I firmly believe that there's a difference between a musician and an instrumentalist. You know, um, you know, one plays an instrument really well, and one creates music. Like you know, one creates the things that connect to people. But that's just me. You know. Some people, it's one and the same. That's true. That's true. uh, I I think I'm going to have to agree with you only from my, only because of my own personal experiences. When you meet musicians who know how to read music really well, um, who know how to learn, memorize, and then regurgitate what they read. But when you put them in a situation where they have to create their own musical elements, they're fucking out of their water and <laughs> just flopping around like right. what the fuck is going on <laughs> nothing is working mm-hmm. you know and it, I, you know sometimes you know like in, you know in one sense yes they're amazing musicians right like you give them the music and it's done it's a wrap they can play it they can do it uh but for me it's the other way around like i guess it's like i've never really put emphasis or stock in learning other people's songs uh, maybe in the beginning when I was learning how to play music, for sure. I was like, you know, I want to learn the song. I want to know how they did this, how they did that. But then came a point where I was just like, I want to write my own music now. I, I want to, you know, take everything that I've learned and then mix myself into the equation and see what comes out, you know. And a lot of, I find that a lot of the professional musicians that I've worked with lack that. Like they they can do, you know, you can give them the music and they'll nail that, no problem, they're professionals. But when it comes time to create their own elements, they are just uh, boring. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, man. Like you, but you need that. Like you need the people who are technically inclined. You need the people who mm-hmm. are creatively inclined to work together to create to make something fantastic. You know, new and sophisticated. That's what's going to come yeah. out. Yep. Like I wouldn't expect an architect to to be able to like swing hammers but i also wouldn't expect like a contractor to be able to you know draw up the exact like draw up a plan for Somatic. a skyscraper you know what i mean yeah 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 facts <laughs> oh. everybody's got their little role to play you know in, in this giant machine <laughs> absolutely absolutely um so you mentioned covid earlier obviously that has been the uh the bane of everyone's existence for the past couple years. Um, how did that change how you go about creating, releasing, promoting your music? Like, how did that change your whole process of um, of of operating? Well, as an indie band, for sure, it, it definitely had its effect in 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 the how do we stay relevant when we're not playing shows kind of thing, right? It's like, um, did we make a lot of money from playing live shows? Absolutely fucking not. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's like, it's like, yeah, you took, you took away that element, but I guess like my mind quickly just, it tried to grapple with the idea of like, okay, how do I stay relevant now that that's gone? You know, and then I had to weigh out like, well, what am I, you know, in my, in my case, we're a much smaller band, you know, we're not, losing a big source of income i guess you know so i had to look at it that way i had to look you know at, at, at what what i'm losing what i'm gaining and whatnot and, 
And then I just came to the conclusion. I'm like, all right, what can I do next? You know, and I, now I started seeing how the professional bands were doing their videos, you know, their online streaming events and all that stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of um, roadblocks in that, right? Like the, the fact is that they're bigger, right? So they have more connections, bigger budget, uh, endorsement companies who are willing to take a, you know, a piece of that, those expenses off their top so that they can come out making more money, you know? As long as they promote the product and whatnot, so we didn't we didn't have any of that stuff, you know. Right. Um, I did notice that a lot of you know, like so. My first was like, oh, we'll do live shows, you know. But then I started seeing the local bands kind of try to emulate what was going on, and a lot of them just, to me, in my in my mind, just like doing a horrible job at it. In this, and it's not their fault. Again, like you know, what were we up against? You know, like right. you had streaming issues, you had technology like that wasn't uh, caught up with it. Uh, and also you had like no real like a uh, following. So like, even if you did host a successful thing and nobody's tuned in to watch it, what did you really gain from it? I don't know. Like, you know, right. maybe after the fact you can promote that video. I'm not sure, but like, I just found a big discrepancy and I was like, I think that's not the avenue for me. So we stepped back, went back to the drawing board, you know, and I was just like, you know what? I started reviewing and revisiting uh, at the time, The Phoenix Within has so far released two albums, two full-length albums. So the first one was a self-titled one that I told you about. And then the one that followed after that was an acoustic album that I released after, you know, being by myself. So I went back to that album, the original album. And uh, between that time span, you know, I had dropped two, uh, I had dropped another EP that was also full band called The Great Deception. So what I did was I took it off online. I took it down. I also took off the self-titled album. I had the whole thing remixed, remastered, and I re-released it as an album called Established. Um, I did the same thing with the Whispers album. So the Whispers album, there was an EP that came before it called the Natalie Rose EP. It was acoustic songs as well. I dismantled that as well, and I mixed it with the Whispers album, and I remixed, remastered, and re-released. After doing that, I listened to all the songs again. I decided I was going to write a songbook for each of those albums. So I did that. So I went and I published my own book based on that album. So this is the Whispers oh, wow. Guitar Chords songbook. And then I published a second book for the full-length album called Established. So that helped me a lot. And then after that, the new singles came back, you know, so like, with the new lineup, we started writing all these songs and we had a flurry of new singles. And for each one, we also released music videos for and particular designs or t-shirts that match the single. So basically we moved our stuff to a more of a digital online marketing approach. Uh, and that did help us um, a lot more because what was coming out of that was sales and, you know, good conversion rates and an exchange. It gave us money to go record more music. You know what I mean? So that that's, that's that's what we did during COVID. So during you know at the thick of it, we just kind of had to hit the drawing board, see what worked for us, what didn't work for us, what we'd done, but what we hadn't done. And what came out of that was, hey man, we have all this music. It's our music. It's original music. Why aren't we getting mechanical royalties off of this? You know, if we're losing the performance royalty, we can get a mechanical royalty now. So that helped a lot. You know, we added the book to the Amazon store. Um, and it's also available at our, in our own website, but, you know, we can autograph it and sign it and make special dedications to people. So we just took it, we took it somewhere else. 
and that's what came out. That's that's awesome, dude. Like that's so out out of the box, and you've been hearing so many. Um, been hearing a few stories about about that, and it's just like wow, the ingenuity of, especially someone on like the indie level that can that can just adjust and um, you know ride the waves. Like it's it's so uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like music is ever evolving, though. You know, it's just we just have to keep going. You know, like that we can't close ourselves off. We got to keep learning. Dude, I still take. I still take, take like fucking music lessons, you know. I have a degree in biology. I work in my field, but that's I still take lessons. Like, I, there's so much to learn. There's so much to do, you know. Um, and things are always changing slowly. You know, something slowly, something's crazy fast. You know, like COVID hit and it just closed all the stages. It's like, what the fuck happens now? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it right. changed the game for a lot of people. You know, some some people who. You know, if if you have your own recording studio, you're you're all set. You know, like you can just mix that with some good cameras, and then you have what you need. You know, you have the pieces. But a lot of people had those things, but didn't have a band. You know, right? So it's like, ah, oh, crap. Like you know, I have I have a portion of it, but I don't have the rest of it. You know, right? So it was very interesting. It was very interesting. You know, but I think it's one of those things again. Like it's like we, you know. We don't have control over everything. We just got to make do with what we have and to the best of our capability and abilities and just keep moving. That makes a lot of sense. That makes so much sense. <clears throat> um, so I saw that you your influences are a little bit all over the place. I mean, I know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, some being in that New York scene, like there are so many like great bands in in our genre. Like, does um, do you ever like get the feeling that like, does it ever feel like there's any like pressure on you to like kind of like be a part of or like live up to like the how do I say it? The, um, but like, kind of like, I don't want to say legend of New York, but like, kind of that, uh, that whole area, like the, the, the legacy of that area, you know, we had like your brand news and your Bayside sides and your, uh, you know, your taking back Sundays, which I saw as one of your main influences. Like you have all of that. Does it ever like, how do you feel like you're fitting into that legacy and does it like does it dawn on you like from time to time i don't know if that makes sense it, i i totally i totally it's like when will i creep out of that shadow i guess in a way too you know it's uh you know it's like you know for example these th last three singles that we released i'll have people who say oh i heard that song pessimist and it reminds me a lot of COVID in Cambria or, you know, then they hear the riff parts and they're like, oh, it reminds me of Tool, you know, and then oh, they hear another song, you know, like a, a remake and they'll be like, oh, it reminds me of this and it reminds me of that. And to me, it's like, it's a little bit of an honor in a way like that they're able to recognize so many different artists in what we're doing now because I fucking love music. I listen to everything, dude. And I, 
I've been told I'm a very annoying person to drive with because like my eye, you know, when my my thing will go from like a bachata mix, dude, to like you know Puerto Rican salsa to Cuban jazz to like you know to uh, Chevelle to Slipknot to Mud Bayside, Taking Back Sunday, Jimmy Eat World to Bollywood to Korean music. <laughs> <laughs> If it sounds good, I want to listen to it, you know? So right. it only makes sense that all those eventually, you know, merge and here I am, you know? Um, I think that all the, those bands that came in before me, they're great. You know, I do have, I do hold them to a, a certain bar. And in a, in a lot of ways, I do measure, I guess, that I, I guess I do measure the band's uh, success at certain things to them. Like I remember watching Bayside's first Warped Tour performance. I was there for that. You know, like, I remember Anthony Ranieri walking down, you know, and I was just like, oh, shit, that's the guy from Bayside, you know? Like, and then, like, a few years later, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger till they got to where they got, you know? Um, Cohen and Cambria, I remember when it cost, like, $8 to see them live with Thrice. You know, like, it's insane, like, you know, to think about those things. Um, and... The only thing I could do is it's, you know, we have a song called copycat and they kind of touch on that where I'm just like, it's important that yes, you have all these guys who you respect and, and you see, and you know, you can take parts of them and make this new thing, but it's important not to be a copycat. You still have to be authentic. You still have to put in your own work to reach those levels. And when you reach those levels, you better thank those people because you did it off of their shoulders. You only saw that far because you stood on somebody else's shoulders. You know, that Isaac Newton approach where you only saw that far because the greats, you know, they 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 cleared the path for you. They made that genre. They made that space, that niche, you know? And you're just coming in to, you know, fill it with a little more life, a little more vibe, you know? So, yeah, I hope that one day we are, as, you know, as big and as popular and as great as they are, you know? And that we also have, like, a following one day like that, you know, where, where people are like, Hey, you know, I just, I grew up listening to the Phoenix within, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so it looks like we're winding down on, on time a little bit. Uh, it's great having you on. Um, why don't you do all the things plug where they can find you the new song, all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the name of the band is the Phoenix within my name is Omar. Um, you can find us anywhere. Uh, you can stream music anywhere. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, just type in the Phoenix within. Uh, please follow us. Please add us. Please message us. I, I'm always checking that thing. I, I'm always hoping somebody will talk to me. You know? uh, we will be having some performances coming up in the month of September. Uh, the first one is in New York City. It's a venue called Arlene's Grocery. Uh, right now, it's at 75% of the tickets that have been sold. Um, it's looking like it's, and I'm hoping it'll be a sold out show. After that, we'll be playing the Blue Ridge Rock Festival in Danville, Virginia. And we will also be playing Incarceration Music Festival in Ohio. Um, again, we're the Phoenix Within. Please do check us out. Nice. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for joining me here on Beyond the Static, Omar Feliciano of the Phoenix Within. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I would really love it if you would check out the website and sign up for the mailing list once again. If you prefer social media, I am on all of the platforms. Instagram and Facebook is Beyond the Static Podcast. And Twitter is BT 
guest podcast. I really appreciate every person that listens and supports the show. You can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash beyondthestatic uh, if you would like to contribute to the show. In addition to all this, I'll be linking a survey on the website and in the description to see what more I can do for you guys, what kind of content you're looking for. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, there'll be a submission form there as well. Thank you all again for tuning in. I love you all, and I will talk to you next time.